What is a win worth? How much are you willing to give up? This week, a team must trade one player on the ice for every win they secure. With each win becoming more improbable, who will be the next sacrifice, and who will play in goal? This is the story of the Colorado Avalanche in the Denver's. Yo, we're here, back for another week. This is Quinn. I'm Derek. And welcome to the Denverse. It's been a wild week. Quinn has been to Florida and back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I successfully avoided becoming Florida man myself. Um, but started it in an interesting way. I think I should win fan of the week um, for my Nuggets fandom. Sitting on a Southwest flight. Very shitty Wi-Fi that I paid $8 for, sitting in the back middle seat right next to the bathroom. Um, the stream kept jumping in and out. I watched all of the first three and a half quarters of the Nuggets just struggling, struggling, struggling. Then my phone died, um, only then to land after a very turbulent flight to, holy shit, somehow. They were down 21 points, and they came back to beat the Philadelphia 76ers in what I can only assume was an absolutely awful game to enjoy until it was the best game in the final two seconds. I actually think being stuck on an airplane is the best way to describe the first three and a half quarters of that game. Yeah, dude, absolutely. It's like you are stuck in the middle back seat, and then all of a sudden a flight attendant's like, actually, we have a spot in first class that opened up for the last 20 minutes of the flight. Would you like a hot towel to go with your upgrade? <laughs> like, hell yeah. Um, yeah, so Florida was rad. Uh, went out there to hang out with my lady and her grandma and mom. Um, and then made a quick detour to Gainesville, straight up the swamp gator country, and actually got to see the g- a game. Um, you know what's really cool? To have a competent football team that wins the games are supposed to. Uh, they beat the Vanderbilt Commodores 56-0. to zero. The whole game was super exciting because it was just like 90,000 fans in the hot Florida sun just enjoying the hell of a time that they gave. And also got to take a photo in front of the Tebow Heisman statue. Uh, we'll post that on the gram so everyone can enjoy my reluctant joy of taking the line was so long they have uh, Steve Spurrier and Danny Werfel next to the TiVo statue the TiVo statue was like 10 times longer than any of the other ones to take a photo Um, so yeah that happened Uh, of course SEC football culture is insane Uh, there was a chant every 20 seconds or so got to do the gator chomp which is interesting because you feel the shift that everyone has to like invert their shoulder a little bit to get enough room because the stadium is ac- absolutely packed. Um, the best wave I've ever taken a part in, which, like, the wave kept going, and then I was kind of like, something has to happen for us to stop this wave. It was a forced fumble touchdown return to make everyone cheer. It was the single best sports experience I've gotten to have, um, except for I didn't care because... <laughs> 
I never imagined being a Florida fan. Meanwhile, at Folsom Field, when the Buffs kicked the go-ahead field goal to win the game, it was a pretty mild, like, yeah, we won. Oh, they had to watch that game. They didn't storm the field that time? No, nothing. It was more (laughs) like, we can leave. (laughs) Speaking of which, it's time to get into the best and longest seven-minute recap of this week in Denver sports. Yeah, buddy. Starting with Thursday night, the Avalanche found out that Philip Grubauer was hurt <laughs> and they had to face the Nashville Predators. Matt Duchesne scored for the Predators to get the goal, go-ahead goal early in the second period, and then the Avs would go on to score six goals in the next eight minutes of the game, which was a franchise record. They won the game 9-3 to with a hat trick from Don Skoy. Later in the game, game uh, Nikita Zadorov took a puck to the face it broke his jaw the ref did not blow the whistle so he had to clear the puck out himself after lying on the ice in a pool of his own blood he broke his jaw had to have surgery he looks like Frankenstein and he is week to week any other player would be out for at least six weeks but he'll be back with a cage around his face soon so does that count as an upper body injury or can they say, oh, he broke his jaw? They had to say he broke his jaw because it was impossible not to. And with jaw injuries, there's special equipment. So it's pretty hard to be like, upper body, everyone knows what the upper oh, okay. body is. Friday night was the Nuggets come from behind victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. Jokic had the game winner and then drew the offensive foul on Embiid to win the game. You know, there a lot of Sixers fans, there's this a terrible vitriolic fan base. I have to respect it, but y'all are annoying as hell. Um, they were saying that, that he was a flop, flopper, which from the angle you really can't tell. Um, Even their coach after the game was like, it probably was a foul, but they shouldn't call it in that situation. And it was like, don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Like, Yes, it probably may have not been a, like a real foul, but you put yourself in the situation where you have his, your hand on him and he falls over. You lost. I, I could call that you hit the game winner and then you get the offensive foul. That sequence is a better story than uh, the refs not calling the foul and um, then maybe scoring, which they definitely would have. But also, don't blow a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. Sorry. Thank you. Goodbye, Philly. Jokic also really secured himself in the debate of should Embiid have been first-team center versus Jokic. And Jokic was by far the better player in the game, especially late, which was good to see. Even with as temperamental as Jokic has been, and we'll get to that, um, I feel like Embiid seemed like the more temperamental person in the game. Well, he couldn't handle the pressure. And... um and the, the Nuggets had a defensive strategy of just double-team him and steal the ball, which helped le- helped lead to the 19-point comeback. They yeah. just would double-team him, steal the ball. It worked really well. Saturday, the Colorado Buffaloes knocked off the Stanford Cardinal 16-13 to on a last-second field goal. It was the most points CU has ever scored against Stanford, 16 <laughs> points. Actually, 13 points was the most points they'd ever scored when they got to that mark. They've beaten Stanford before. This was their second win, but they scored less points in that game. Wow. All right, so CU still in bowl contention. Yes, they need to win the next two games. I think LaVisca Chenault had a great wraparound. He's fallen because he hasn't played great this year in the first round pick standings, but he's still pretty good, and Montez was pretty solid. Plus, their defense just has some monsters. Um, I don't think they're going to beat Utah, which is – the last game they have a chance against Washington, which is in two weeks, but 
it's been exciting to watch. And they got a number of high recruits this week on top of the transfer from Alabama they got last week. They're starting to really come together. It's their third highest draft class ranking right now in the last 10 years at least. So, Also, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Columbus Blue Jackets with Fransos getting the shutout. They won. Well, maybe it wasn't a shutout. They won, and Fransos played really well. That's a Grubauer. Yeah, he was a backup. Backup. Um, Belmar got hit high. Felino, who hit him, Nick Felino, left his skates, got suspended for three games. Belmar got knocked out on the ice. He was the injury sacrifice. In this game and the game that was on Tuesday night that's coming up, McKinnon and McCarr were the big stars. They just scored all kinds of goals, including McCarr scoring a goal that caused the goaltender for Columbus to break his stick, which is my new favorite trend in hockey. Halak, who uh, used to be a really good goaltender, isn't anymore, did this a few (laughs) games ago, where he slammed a stick against the goalpost, it broke in half, and then he slammed it again and broke it in thirds. And since then, goalies across the league have just been breaking their stick all over the place. Beautiful. Um, So... Belmar, the injury sacrifice, knocked, was like cold cocked clean out. Yeah, I mean, he did get up. He was not the most knocked out player of the week. We'll get to that. Um, but it was definitely a concussion, and he's out indefinitely, fourth line center. So another injury to go on to the long, long list of injuries. <sighs> At least they're nice and dramatic. Yeah. Um, Sunday, the Nuggets played down to their opponent, the Minnesota Timberwolves, in overtime. They ended up winning. Jokic played well again late, but a frustrating game just because it's the Nuggets. Well, speaking of, yeah, the Phillies, 76ers shouldn't give up 21 points in the fourth quarter. The Nuggets probably shouldn't give up a 16-point lead in their fourth quarter against Minnesota. Not scoring in the last seven minutes of regulation, not great. Not a success uh, strategy for success, but not every team has a Jokic to hit. Another awful floating, probably could have been called a foul as well, floater, um, to clinch it. On Monday, CU Basketball found themselves ranked for the first time in several years. They're 25th after a Friday night win in China against Arizona State. So that was exciting. Very excited for what's to come. They're playing San Diego this week, and then uh, one of the Cal schools is not very good before going to a tournament in Vegas Thanksgiving week against Wyoming. They also have Kansas and CSU on the road in this stretch uh, before their home conference schedule. This is the most exciting Buffs team since Spencer Dinwiddie's last season before he got hurt. Oh. And so, quietly optimistic. Um, well, I feel like we're too close to the seven-minute mark, so I'm going to ask this question to no, stretch this yeah. out. Um, <laughs> is Tad Boyle on the hot seat? I don't think so. May, one of the things about Tad that is sort of helping him is that he's had so many players go to the NBA that that's such a draw. Oh. And the Buffs made one tournament between uh, Chauncey leaving and Tad Boyle coming, and they've made four or five since he's been there. So he's kind of, in my mind, he's a forever coach at CU. Like really? there's no reason to get rid of him because. There's no guarantee that someone better is going to come here unless you get, like, Chauncey deciding he wants to be a college basketball coach. <laughs> that would be such – he has, like, he's been rumored to be a GM for somebody, coach for someone else. Um, he's on Clippers broadcast this season. Clippers broadcast. Which is sort of annoying. Scott Hastings is fine, but the Nuggets could have had Chauncey Billups. You know, that might have helped with the contract negotiations, which yeah. are still in a stalemate. Um, the interesting fact about Tad Boyle, 
His nickname is Tad. Um, <laughs> his <laughs> name is Thomas Martin Boyle. So where does the Tad come from? It's not listed in the Wikipedia, but perhaps we can do an investigative journalist. That's uh, a good idea. You know, he the one job that I think he would take is the Kansas job because that's where he went to college. Ooh. And so that, especially, you know, Kansas is having some trouble. Bill Self, I don't know. No one really cares about when coaches get in trouble, but players get suspended for ridiculous things. But that's the one job I could see Tad leaving for if they wanted him, which they have quite the long list of alumni who might want that job. Or alumnus, I believe. Mm. The plural. Uh, um, uh, also, interesting thing about the NCAA. Oh, uh, I just realized alumnus is singular, so alumni is plural. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so he is an alumnus, but they have a lot of alumni. I hate both of those words. <laughs> um, <laughs> former student works well for me. Um, NCAA, interestingly enough, um, just um, kind of like kowtowed to the fact that they're going to have to let players make money off their names and likenesses. But both potential uh, first overall picks in football and basketball got in trouble for just that, is accepting money in different ways. And I think both um, cases are in arbitration, but always just interesting. Yeah, players get in trouble for things that coaches, like, talk about, I don't even know the Florida coach. Oh, my God, there's so much money that goes into the University of Florida athletics program. Um, well, and in most states, the football coach is the highest paid state employee in the state, higher than anyone else. In a couple states like Kansas, it's the basketball coach. But the highest paid state employee in most states is a college coach. Yeah, I think there's one um, state where it's actually the school president. Yeah. Which, cool. But in most cases, to become school president, you have to find a football coach to pay more money <laughs> to make you look good. On Also on Monday, Drew Locke activated to start practicing. He is officially on the field for the Denver Broncos, but Vic Fangio said he doesn't really care when he plays because their goal is to get to four and six. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a big, healthy thumbs up to Drew Locke. From what I've said, I think Troy Rink said this. As soon as the Broncos get that eighth loss, it's all Drew Locke. So they're two losses away from the Drew Locke era beginning. <laughs> the Drew Locke era. <laughs> Waiting on bated breath for however long or <laughs> short that may be. Are you still as high on Brandon Allen a week later? Uh, It's simmered a little bit. Uh, Florida's QB which I can't remember his name. He looked tall and effective. Um, <laughs> or also Vanderbilt's quarterback. He looked terrible. It was his first start. But his name is Deuce. <laughs> and guess what number he wears? Two? Yeah. Oh, nice uh, job. That's a winner right yeah. there, man. It'd be really sad if his number was like 74. Hey, you know, well, he was like the backup who only started because the other guy got injured. But yeah. um, look out for Vanderbilt quarterback Deuce something or another. I hope that he becomes a legend. On Tuesday, it was announced that Ralphie Five, the fifth Ralphie, would retire. We're going to get more into this, but uh, a sad moment. Also, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Winnipeg Jets 4 to nothing. Pavel Fransos, the starting goaltender, got knocked out of the game in the first minute. And by knocked out, I mean he got run into. His head hit the post. He fell on the ice and laid there for a full minute before moving at all. Like, he was out cold. Wow. As of this recording, we have no update on him or Grubauer, who has started practicing, but the Avs had to bring in Adam Warner, 
who had never played in the NHL before, 24 years old. He'd gotten his first shutout a week before with the Colorado Eagles, and he blanked the Winnipeg Jets, made 40 saves in the shared shutout, which is ridiculous because he played 19 minutes and 30 seconds. And the Avalanche won 4-0, led by amazing goals again by McKinnon and McCarr. McKinnon had a goal where he was all the way on the other end of the ice. Don Skoy had the puck at center ice. McKinnon basically sped up, stole the puck from Don Skoy, and beat everyone to the net and scored. It was amazing. Oh, okay. And Kale McCarr is now third in the NHL in points by a defenseman, not a rookie defenseman, and is doing things I've never seen a defenseman do with the puck. And he hasn't played 20 games yet, regular season games in the NHL. This brings up an interesting question. Derek, how are you watching these Avalanche games? <laughs> if we still don't have contract negotiations between Comcast and Dish. It's not as easy as watching the Nuggets. I will say that. Um, we have my roommate, who I will keep nameless because I'm going to blame her for all the illegalness. <laughs> um, Allegedly. Ha- yes, has a connection. Allegedly. And then a stream that may show the games. Um, it's so ridiculous. We pay for Comcast. We're not getting to watch Comcast. And like we were looking at it, they're still charging us the full sports fee. We're not getting a half sports fee, which is what they said they were going to do. And she wanted to call and be like, I don't watch the Rockies, so please refund the sports fee. And they were going to be like, you watched 150 Rockies games, which would have been me, not her. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. (laughs) So I... I don't know. I think we're both resigned to never getting Comcast back with the games. But for the listeners who are definitely not also allegedly streaming, um, both McKinnon and McCarr are putting the team on their back through this harrowing time and looking absolutely wonderful doing it. Yes, and also I would recommend, if you are going to get Disney+, Plus, maybe get the ESPN Plus upgrade and invest in a VPN. Because ESPN Plus houses most Avs games and a lot of Nuggets games. Shout out to Disney Plus, our <laughs> definitely not sponsor. Um, that's not even allegedly. Yeah, we have no sponsor. If you'd like to sponsor us, um, please contact us. <laughs> yes, if you're listening. <laughs> um, and then the Nuggets lost to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Trey Young had 42 points and 11 cents. The bench was terrible. Harris shot poorly. The Nuggets didn't play any defense, and it was one of those losses where you feel like the Nuggets shouldn't lose games like that anymore, and they do anyways. It's frustrating because um, so far all of their losses have – oh, two of their three losses have come from below 500 teams. Um, but they've beaten a bunch of playoff teams. It's silly to say that beginning of November playoff teams, but – there are, a bad team loses to good teams. A middle-of-the-road team loses to good teams and loses games that they should win. Great teams beat all the teams that they should. Um, and so the Nuggets are somewhere where they beat good teams and are still in that young um, position where they lose games that they should win. I think this NBA season... Even the bad teams you have to watch out for. Uh, Atlanta, 3-6, and six started really hot. Um, Trey Young looks like 
I mean, is it possible to finish second in rookie of the year voting and then win most improved player the next year? Uh, I I mean, I guess I guess you'd be saying he's better than rookie of the year and a lot of other players. Which right now, Jamal Murray or Trey Young? Trey Young showed up Jamal Murray last night. Yeah, he really did. I mean, the dude is like a generational offensive talent, and uh, I don't think it's terrible to let him score 40 points it's just terrible to let anybody else on the Atlanta Hawks score score <laughs> um so yeah that's it was a tough loss that I was like you know they'll probably lose this one there's just no way that you go through the grinder of games that they did win especially two miraculous wins against Philly and Minnesota but you look at it still undefeated in the division um Great defensive rating, still have a winning record away, but we'll just drop an egg. Oh, they dropped an egg against the rookie of the year last year, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, and then the runner-up with Trey Young. But I just need to remind myself that this is a 7-3 and three Nuggets team where in the upcoming uh, Denver stories, we'll talk about how it's amazing to have a winning Nuggets team where in so many moments that's never the case. Yeah, so that's the end. I want to talk a little more about the Nuggets, but that's the end of our seven minutes. I don't think we're that close, but maybe next week. Maybe (laughs) next week. Tune in to find (laughs) out if we hit seven minutes. Um, So the Nuggets are seven and three. Seven and three. They could be two and eight. Yeah, Like they've had two good wins. What was they? They had a definitely good win against the um, Heat. What was the other good? Oh, maybe the first one against the Blazers. Yeah, the I think that I mean they legitimately won that game. The that would probably be the other one. I also think the Kings, like the Kings game, was frustrating, but they did win. Yeah. So, but so maybe <laughs> maybe they should be one and nine. But like, they definitely shouldn't have won the two games they won this week. No. At least not both of them. And uh, they were just lucky that they decided to come back to life in that overtime. It's frustrating for a lot of reasons, but I think that also update Francois is out for some time. So we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Ab's goaltending. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really get what's going on with the Nuggets. And... I I think some of it is that they're playing the they're not they're playing not mixing in the lineups like they're still doing starters versus the bench and the starters have played together more than any other unit in the league right now by about two minutes, but which is great because that means they were all healthy which we didn't have the starters healthy for enough time last year for them to even come close to yeah. that. <laughs> but I don't I don't know I just. At this point, we're 10 games into the season. It's hard to say this is just a hangover from last year still. Well, it's especially hard to say that because you've seen the way that they've performed in so many different scenarios on the court where none of those scenarios have um, ended up with solid play throughout. I mean, even in the Miami game where they had their first and only legitimate blowout, it wasn't so much that the offense was clicking. It's just like the defense really shut down, mm-hmm. and um, they had great momentum scores, which 
awesome, but you can't rely on that, especially moving into the playoffs. You need solid rotations where everyone is executing at a high level. And, yeah, the bench, Monte Morris in the last, I think, two weeks has started to just hit the shots that for long stretches of last year is like, holy shit, this guy, this is the best steal of the draft a couple years ago at 51. Um He's starting to look like that player in flashes, but I think he looks more like the second round, like the good second round pick that he was, as opposed to it's like how did no one else draft him earlier that you saw yeah. last year? Um, but he, at this point, is the only bench player worth talking about outside of Michael Porter Jr. scratched his head. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Um, I'm, I will say on that point, they overhyped Jeremy Grant so much. Oh, like God. the the hype train around him, at least so far, and maybe this will change. Like there is no justification for how bad that got. Yeah. Like um, basically, people were saying he should be the starter. They were like, "Don't worry about Millsap. Like whatever happens with him, we've got Jeremy Grant." That was wrong. Well, <laughs> I remember such conversations a couple years ago with one Trey Lyles. Um, and shout out to Nuggets Reddit. Someone did the quick stats. Um, Jeremy Grant has turned into Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles has turned into Jeremy Grant. Trey Lyles is shooting 39% from three. Uh, With in, who? In San Antonio. Oh. Right now. He's getting oh. decent minutes from Pop right now. Um, whereas There, there are Grant certain places where you don't want to hear a player from your team win, and San Antonio is at the top of that list in the NBA. Like, clearly we missed something with that player if they're going to San Antonio. Yeah, well, I mean, Pop is a necromancer. There's, like, no player that doesn't go to San Antonio um, and look somewhat good. But right now, yeah, uh, their stats are almost the inverse of what they were last year. Trey Lyles for the Nuggets was just sniffing minutes um, for the majority of the season where Jeremy Grant looks like he shouldn't be. But Wancho hasn't gotten any legitimate minutes at the power forward position. And, I mean, Millsap is been so far our most consistent player, but you just can't have your 34-year-old power forward be your best player and expect success. Um, I saw Nate Silver tweeted out that Jokic is basically played as an average NBA player so far this year through 10 games. Like That's like in their rankings, which they have a ton of complicated rankings. He's an average NBA player, which is very concerning. Yeah. I mean... They're seven and three. We have to remind ourselves of that. It's just like as a fan, you want to watch good games. And so far, it's been really tough to enjoy Nuggets games. And you're just thinking like they aren't going to win these games forever. Like no. it's sort of like in hockey, when you get to overtime, if a team's doing too well in overtime, they're probably going to come back to the mean at some point. Yeah, That's how the Nuggets are playing their games. They're winning too many close games where it's like it could go either way, and eventually it will. Yeah, and it's going to be... It's, this was the time of the season that you were hoping, again, they're 7-3, and three, but hoping that they look incredible uh, compared to Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, even the Jazz all of whom got a lot of additions to their team, that those teams have to find their chemistry, um, that you expect them to hit their stride later in the season where you want the Nuggets 
returning most of their players, supposed to have this amazing addition in Jeremy Grant, they're supposed to gel right away. And uh, I mean, Jamal Murray has had some really good games. I mean, nothing like a Trey Young, 42 <laughs> points, 11 assists. Um, but so far, just no. there's been no point where all the starters have looked good. Um, Barton has looked good almost every game. Barton like, has also looked Bar- Barton and Millsap have been the two. And Harris, I don't know. what's he's That game last night, it was weird because he wasn't playing well defensively, nor was he shooting well. And that was, that was kind of tough. That's one. Well, I mean, Gary Harris has looked great on defense, um, and that's more the eye test that I can say right now. I mean, he sh- put the clamps on Jimmy Butler in the Miami game. Um, hasn't had a marquee matchup yet, but reminded that this team is seven and three, and right now would be I think third, fourth seed in the playoffs. But it's just really frustrating. They look sluggish in offense. No one's hitting their shots. And the bench unit comes in, and they all look like this is the first time that they've gotten legitimate minutes. Where at this point, you think, especially a Malik Beasley, who is now logging sub-10 minutes per game, is not looking like the... At this point, like, oh, he really messed up by turning down that three-year, $30 million contract. Yeah, he's not going to get that, at least right now. Maybe he'll turn it on again. And, I mean, we were thinking, like, maybe the Nuggets should try to find a way to keep him. Right now I'm at the place where maybe the Nuggets should move him so that we have more minutes for Porter, who they tried at the two, and, you know, can play Barton could play the two, and they could get him in there. And maybe Wancho, at least to bring some energy, because that's what Beasley was supposed to do, and he's not doing that. Yeah, not at all. Um and then Craig, too. Like, I look just an Instagram Curtis has befell both Tory Craig and Malik Beasley. Um, that <laughs> both of them were featured in TMZ uh, articles to start the season. Which, for anyone that doesn't read TMZ, is bad. Like, it's, Lynn Von Miller was having his worst moments. They all were captured on TMZ first. Yeah. Well, actually, TMZ is a legitimate news organization in that if, like, if it's drama, it's like, well, let's see if TMZ confirms it first. Um, but, I mean, there's a long season, and at this point, I remember the dog days of Fire Malone, that I trust that Malone and the coaching staff will make some adjustments. But right now, yeah, I just I would love to see the starters and Michael Porter Jr. just to see, or the starters and Monte Morris just to see. But you really need cons- some consistent scoring coming from the bench, and... Um, and you can't just be the reason that the lead goes away every time they come in where it's like it's minus 10 against you. Not yeah. only are you not scoring, but you're giving up all the points. Yeah. So a, I think a solid matchup on Thursday, a game that you should win, um, that will, but will give you fits with Brooklyn coming into town. Brooklyn, one of the few teams that swept the Nuggets last year. Um, but reminder, like they've had – High defensive rating right now. Um, still on pace to win 57 games. This time last year, they were 9-1, and one, I think, and then went on like a four- or five-game losing streak. So there's still a chance that 20 games into the season, the Nuggets will have a better record last year. You just want to see, like, I would like to see, if you're losing the game, you're getting beat, 
you chalked it up, you're not going to win every game. And if you're winning the game, I want it to feel like, okay, I know they're going to win it. But so far, it's just been like you have a six-point six lead and nothing is decided and I have to be nervous and anxious this whole time, which is not good for my sleep or my health in general. The Nuggets need to come into every game assuming they could lose it and not come into every game assuming they could win it. That's sort of the thing to me is yeah. they seem to think they can win every game and clearly they cannot. No. Um, moving on, I think we'll leave the Nuggets behind to think about what they've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ralphie Five is retiring. Uh, she's been the Buffalo for the last 13 years. Um, the Buffalo for my whole college career, it was really hard news to hear that she would no longer run. Um, she was held out of running two weeks in a row at um, Folsom, including the Stanford game. She didn't run. And basically afterwards, it came out that she is getting faster and less uh, like more temperamental about running. Like she's too excited to run and they can't control her. And so this will be the first of the five Buffalo that they, they have retired for getting faster rather than slower. Wow. And she has been, in a lot of ways, the most entertaining of the Buffalo. Uh, she is the one that ran after the other team, which caused them to no longer allow the other team to come on the field before Ralphie ran. She's the one that got out of her harness, and they had to corral her into the uh, pen. Her first spring game practice, basically one Ralphie – Handler sort of kept up with her. Just like great Buffalo um, will be missed a lot. The She is going to be retired to a ranch, not a farm, a ranch with uh, other Buffalo huh. where she can uh, live out her days as a free Buffalo. The other Ralphie lived for 12 years past her retirement, so expect a long life. She'll still appear at some events until they get a new Ralphie. You'd expect a new Ralphie at the spring game, but they – are always keeping tabs on this, apparently. A lot of Ralphies in the works. Now it's just who gets to be Ralphie 6. Okay. Well, I looked up average age of a Buffalo, and I got stats for Buffalo, New York. Um, <laughs> it turns out that the stats for lifespan in Buffalo, New York, versus being a Buffalo, not that great. Nothing. Like, almost <laughs> comparable. <laughs> well, uh, Buffalo, New Yorkers don't get to go live on ranches no. to about the rest of their days. But the average age of a buffalo in captivity is 25 years. So, yeah, um, she just got too strong. That's, yeah. I mean, I've, I want to say that's a good sign for uh, the CU Buffs sports program in general, that they're just getting too powerful and they're leveling up. They're recruiting the basketball team. There's so many almosts here. Yeah. So, um, so, yes, uh, thanks for everything, Ralphie Five. And sad to see you go. Um, I think we're going to end it there. <laughs> I have now just a bunch of Buffalo facts. But y'all got to <laughs> tune in next week to find that out. Find out more Buffalo facts. <laughs> the Buffs have a bye week this week. Broncos are going to Minnesota. I'm going to be at that game live to see Kirk Cousins against Brandon Allen and company. We'll also see Gary Kubiak, who at some point we're going to talk more about. Mm. He's the offensive coordinator. So Chris Harris is kind of framed this as Chris Harris against Gary Kubiak. So we'll see if Chris Harris gets an interception. And the Avs and Nuggets will continue to play. The Avs are on a five-game road trip. And I think the Nuggets are kind of going back and forth. Yeah. So until next week, thanks for tuning in. I'm Derek. I'm Quinn. See you from the Denver's. <laughs>